This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. Um, This is James Manning. I'm the editor of Media Week. I'm back at uh, BBC uh, Worldwide here in Sydney. My special guest today, Chris Davies. Chris, you work for BBC Global News, but it's not a position every sort of news department has, does it? You're the Marketing and Distribution Director. Give us an idea of what that encompasses. Sure. So um, I kind of wear two hats really um, in the company. One is uh, looking after the brand um, for BBC News around the world outside of the UK. Um, So that's predominantly for BBC World News and BBC.com. So uh, marketing that brand both to consumers and also to the industry. So that's a lot of work that we do all around the world. That's, as I say, everywhere outside of the UK. And then the distribution piece is really um, working with all of the affiliates and the partners that we have around the world to distribute our content and also our platforms. So uh, getting BBC World News out to currently 458 million homes is uh, the responsibility of me and my team as well. Okay. And that means, do do you work at all with the channel partners in different countries where there's a BBC channel, as well as selling that content to potential competitors, I guess? Well, it's certainly working with all the partners. So, um, you know, in markets like Australia, it's working with Foxtel, but also, you know, equally working all over the world with partners in all of our major territories. We're in 200 countries around the world, so there's obviously a lot of partners that we work with. Um, We also... Uh, distribute and syndicate content online that's with partners not so much with competitors it's what we would consider partners so that okay. could be anyone from the digital you know players like facebook through to now increasing we're starting to work with some ott platforms like hulu in japan was one of the first that we did a live stream of um, bbc world news uh, online so that's a kind of area that's growing quite rapidly for us now as well okay the syndicated sort of news footage does that go through you too or is that sort of sold somewhere else? Or? Yeah, no, the, if we're syndicating content to a third-party platform and we've got an arrangement with them, then that'll go through my team as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but when I, I guess I mentioned competitors, though, like if um, news channels in Australia can, can buy your stuff as well, we can watch it on the, the BBC channels. Yeah, so, I mean, we've done deals, though, with ABC where there's blocks of content that um, ABC picks up from BBC World News in the kind of early hours of the morning. So that's the kind of deal that we've done centrally with lights of ABC. Yeah, yeah, okay. How long have you been in this role? Um, so kind of uh, generally speaking about five years. Um, slight changes here and there to the to the job, but essentially the same function of marketing and distribution for, for about five years, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and as at bbc.com was that before that or was that within that five years so actually i joined the bbc seven years ago mm-hmm. um and that's really as we were launching bbc.com as the international version um uh, of the of the uk website initially so i actually joined as commercial director in bbc worldwide um looking after promoting bbc.com around the world so that's how it all started and then in 2012 we merged the kind of commercial responsibilities of bbc.com and bbc world news together into a new division called global news limited and since then i've been basically working on the sales and marketing side of that all right am i right in thinking there's um you're allowed commercialize 
the content internationally, but that's a different rule to what happens domestically? Yes, absolutely. So obviously, as you'll know, we're licence fee funded in the UK. We would distort the market in the UK if we were advertising. So basically, the guidelines are uh, internationally, we're a commercial organisation and operation. We make money internationally to basically put money back into the BBC uh, back in the UK, but we don't do any advertising in the UK. Right, okay. And how's the sort of the growth of the, the, the content been or the product over the last few years? So, as I mentioned before, I mean, we're in a record 458 million homes now globally ex-UK. Uh, so that's been continuing to grow over time. Um, the audience measures for BBC World News uh, are showing that we're reaching 99 uh, million people a week. So they're tuning in at some point each week around the world on BBC World News. That's a record as well. I mean, it's good. It's a very positive picture for us. Um, the traffic to .com is at record levels. Um, you know, we're often getting 100 million uniques a month coming to the website from around the world. This is all XUK. Um, and I think that's all driven by uh, the big global news stories, that, those huge international stories that we just keep see coming every sort of, you know, every week at the moment. Um, you know, I did a presentation um, earlier uh, this week, actually, just sort of highlighting some of those incredible stories that, you know, just keep on giving. You've probably heard of the term Trump bump, you know, that was ever <laughs> since um, basically that whole story broke about him uh, running for, you know, for for president that story just driven massive massive reach for us and people are hugely interested and you know it's a truly international story it's it's you know lot, most of us didn't vote in the u.s but you know it still impacts all of us that's what what you know what, what uh, unfolds in the u.s affects all of us around the world so you know brexit another huge story that just keeps on giving um the you know the North Korea US um, story. So there's just so many at the moment, and we're seeing all of that is driving traffic to our platforms. Yeah, what's your when you pitch the channel to someone, you know, maybe a, a new customer or something? I mean, yeah. what sort of things can you boast? I mean, you you must have one of the widest networks of correspondence. Would, would that be right? Yeah, we do. I mean, we did some research um, a couple of years ago, which showed that we had more international journalists than any other uh, news broadcaster, and they're based all around the world. We've got um, bureaus everywhere, and I think something that we we pointed out at the time in the marketing that we did um, around that, as uh, the the campaign was called Leaders in uh, Global Breaking News, was that we actually were able to get onto the scene of a story often a lot quicker than our kind of global competitors because we have people on the ground. And that was a real standing out point for us, and that was a marketing message that we were giving. But also, as you say, it's a practical point for the affiliates who want to work with us because they want to, you know, the big global breaking stories are our shop window. That, those are the moments when people come and tune into the channel. They want to see what's going on. They don't want to hear someone in a studio thousands of miles away reporting on a story. They want to see someone actually live on the scene, and that's a strength that we have. Yeah. You mentioned those big global stories, and I guess maybe use Trump as an example. I mean, because you have people based in Washington, but, but, but at the time of maybe the US election and stuff like that, I'm, I'm guessing you might staff up and have correspondents who sort of roam globally. They'll, you'll have extra people on the ground for those? Yeah, stories. absolutely. I mean, you know, as well as having those on the ground reporters, um, there's a, you know, like any news channel, you've also got people that you might want to sort of deploy into a particular um, market for a particular story. So yes, absolutely. The, the uh, US elections was covered hugely from Washington. The bureau there, Katie Kay, leading a lot of our 
coverage. I mean, as an example, coming up, we're going to be flying people like Katty over to London who are going to be working on the um, the wedding coming up okay. in May. Yep. You know, that's obviously going to be a massive story for us. Three days of, of, of coverage on World News. Um, again, looking at the global aspect of that story, as well as actually, you know, going straight into the ceremony itself. So um, we're able to absolutely to deploy people around the world. But essentially, as you know, we've got uh, a number of big bureaus where where we'll operate out of. Mm. There's there's quite a, I mean, I don't want to talk about other people, but there's quite a number of people playing in this space now, yeah. aren't there? I guess CNN's an obvious one. Yeah. Um, Sky News maybe in recent years seems to have made a bit more of an effort to be a bit more global perhaps than a, yeah. than it was traditionally in the UK and I guess yeah. um, Al Jazeera of course is another yeah. big English language player. Yeah, there's a few of us who are you know, kind of out in that international news space. I think probably, you know, if you're looking at sort of truly global um, coverage, there's only a handful of us that really do cover those mm. you know, wall-to-wall international stories from every single market. Um, CNN is you know, the one that we normally look at as our main competitor um, and you know, uh, the audiences generally tend to come to us and CNN, uh, but as you say there's also Al-, Al Jazeera and to a certain extent Sky, um, Euronews you know, and, and a few others but you know, I think it's probably, there's a small handful of us that really do that international global perspective. Sure. Talk to me a little bit about the different platforms you you um, you have content available on, and does the content sort of differ slightly, or the audience differ slightly depending on the platform? Yeah, so um, you know the main platforms really are the TV channel BBC World News, and then BBC.com and the iterations of that, whatever platform, whatever device you're using. Um, I think what's what's really interesting is that at the core of what we do and looking at our strategy, live news is still very much that core. So it's that ability to be able to get a story out to people when they want to watch it as live as possible, whether it's breaking or analysis of that story as it as it unfolds. And so live news is really at the centre. The linear experience, that TV experience, is the still very much a core part of what we do. You know, you'll know this. Um, the industry's talked about you know the death of linear TV for a few years now. Um, we just don't see that happening right now and actually as I said to you earlier you know we've seen record traffic to the to the channel and I think certainly from a news perspective um, that's very much still the case these as I said these big global breaking news stories are driving those big global audiences then of course supporting that live experience with our digital platforms is absolutely critical so audiences tell us that they want a certain experience when they're watching the tv and a certain experience when when they're checking online so they might want shorter content more kind of ability to be able to look at a particular angle on a story using online social currency so content that they can share with people um, and so I think the two are very um, holistic. They work very well together. They're not cannibalizing. We're not seeing people sort of stopping watching the TV and starting only to consume on digital platforms. We're actually just seeing them consuming content in different ways because the platforms provide a different service, if you like. Yeah. Does um, technology help you sort of be be first in, in a lot of ways around the world in different places? Well, we, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're always working on, on new uh, platforms. So, you know, the BBC News app, we're now, we've had 41 million downloads of that around the world. We're one of the first to get a global news app out. Um, one of the more recent examples, something we're working on quite actively now is voice. So obviously, you know, with Alexa and the Siri and, and all of those platforms, there's now uh, a way that you can ask your voice um, system to play you a live video on your, on your phone. You know, so as, if you get up in the morning, you just want to get that sort of one-minute summary. And actually, we've got a team of people now dedicated in the, in the new studio in London just looking at voice 
journalism. So, you know, that's a really exciting way of getting content out again to people. But again, it's still going back to that core about live, what's happening right now. So whatever platform it is, I think the core value is still the same and the proposition is still the same. Yeah. Have there been sort of commercial requests that have initiated any sort of um, different things you've done? Um, I mean, you know, one of the things we're definitely looking at now is OTT and live streaming. So, you know, as the industry moves more into the OTT kind of space um, and as consumers want to be able to consume that live TV, TV experience potentially on the go, then that gives us an opportunity to get the traditional kind of linear experience out to people so that it's out of their, you know, sitting room and and, and on on an OTT platform. So an example of that was Hulu in Japan, which we launched a live stream of um, BBC World News. That was the first time we did it. uh, That was last year, and I think we're getting a lot more of those coming through around the world. So that's a big move. Was that a test, or is that something ongoing? No, that's something ongoing. We have, um, I think I'll double-check the numbers, we have about 30,000 people um, watching the channel in Japan on Hulu. Okay. Do you have to, when you do something like that, do you need to weigh up the concerns of maybe your traditional partners there and any effect that might have on, on their audiences? Yeah, so, I mean, it's absolutely, you know, as I say, it's, a, it's an industry evolution, and I think all of us, whether we're on the publishing side or on the affiliate side, have to look at what the audience wants and what the audience, you know, how the audience wants to consume. Hulu, for us, as an example, is, you know, another partner that we want to be able to get the channel out to. Um, you know, we've got affiliates in the market, we work with them, but we're, you know, willing to work with the online players as well. Sure. Um, social media, that's, you know, something must have changed <coughs> dramatically and, yeah. and I guess something that you use as a, as a marketing tool for, for, the, for the different um, streams you offer? Yeah, I mean, you know, social media is absolutely another opportunity to get our content out to users. Uh, and again, you know, uh, as I mentioned with Voice, we've got a whole team of uh, journalists working in the newsroom who focus on social media. Um, they are partners and we work closely with them, you know, Facebook. Uh, obviously, as one is someone we work with to get content out. Um, but I think, you know, what's happening, obviously, at the moment, uh, I think, uh, is really for us to think about making sure we're getting quality content out onto those social media platforms. Facebook obviously made a change to their newsfeed algorithm um, in response, I think, to their understanding of the role that, you know, they may unwittingly be playing in sharing fake news and things like that. So they've started to make changes in how they work with us. I see that as a good thing. I think the BBC is going to work well out of that because what they're doing is promoting um, quality publishers and trying to push down content that you know isn't coming from a quality source. So from our perspective, that's a good thing. We continue to work with the likes of Facebook as a, as a, as a way of getting reach, but it's only one of a number of different platforms that we work with. Yeah, you said that ultimately that could be good news for a, for a trusted brand like the BBC. Could there be short-term pain in the numbers? That yeah, then, you, you know, think? there will be, a, I think, a little bit of um, impact on reach, but actually um, I think it's a quality versus quantity story now, mm-hmm. and I think what's happening with audiences is that they're seeing less uh, content, but they're now starting to trust the ones that they are seeing and engaging more with it as a result. So we're seeing engagement scores go up. So although, although we might be getting slightly less reach, I don't think it's ultimately impacting the um, perception of the brand or ultimately the engagement. 
Yeah. Does your role, do you work with the, the commercial teams at all? Do you sort of cross over with them or is it pretty much a separate... Um, in, in which uh, organisations are... Selling, selling um, like at BBC.com internationally or the oh, yeah, news yeah. channels. Yeah, yeah, so we work with... Sponsorship opportunities, partnerships, stuff like that. Oh, you, right, the advertising team, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, yes, yeah, so absolutely, work very closely with them. Uh, I'm, I'm myself and my team provide them with all of their marketing assets. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we work closely. What are the key messages they want to be able to get out to the advertising industry and to clients um, and often I'll go maybe with them and, and present if there are sort of you know key stories that they want to get across so I'll be doing that a little bit this week here in, in Sydney. Okay and I guess what is one of the attractions if you you know you go to a big client you can offer them different ways to reach people on on the, the linear TV, yep. on, online, yep. um, and the new new things you're doing via the app, I guess. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, you know, there are, as you say, the platform opportunities to get reach to, to get your advertising out to our audiences online and on TV. We've got uh, a very skilled um, team of content marketers who, uh, under BBC Storyworks, who work with key clients to develop content that works for them. Um, and so we offer a multi-suite you know, a set of advertising solutions for clients, um, you know, in all of our key markets. As you know, we've got a team here in Sydney who, uh, who work with our clients here. Yeah. The, uh, particularly here and also in the US, and I'm guessing maybe in the UK as well and other markets, linear TV, we've mentioned that it's been under pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, news hasn't been affected because it, you know, it gives something people can't yeah. get elsewhere. Yeah. But, the, but the other sort of, you know, drama and stuff like that is, is there's now opportunities for people. And the, the broadcasters are talking about, you know, in making the viewing experience a, a little bit better for people, less intrusions, less interruptions and stuff like that. Mm. Is, is there, is that still something that news people would be looking at as well, do you think? Or... I think, you know, I think at heart, the news linear TV experience is, is still, as I said, very robust. Mm. And I think what people want, uh, especially when one of those big global stories breaks, you know, whether the Russia story that's unfolding right now, is that you want to be able to go to your platform, that whoever you, you, know, you get your TV through, and you, know, you need to know that you've got a channel like BBC News available. That's absolutely critical. Um, you know, as I said, supplementary content and consumption on, on digital is, you know, is incredibly important and is a core part of what we do, but I still think it goes back to that linear experience. And I think you know, news and sport are the ones that are really robust in that space. For entertainment, you know, the OTT platforms and the VOD platforms offer, offer a real opportunity for people to get content through other platforms, other partners. But for us, I think it is really back to that linear experience. The sort of growth of social media has sort of impacted with, with more people maybe looking for snackable content. Yeah. It's become a bit of a buzzword. Has yeah. that affected news coverage, do you think, and, and what you guys do? I think it's sort of, you know, we all adapt to the needs and the wants of the consumer. So maybe the way in which, you know, all of us now write headlines is slightly different from five years ago. You know, you, you need to make sure that the headline that you create is, um, you know, engaging and the people want to click on it. But actually underneath that, uh, a, a term that our previous um, director of news uh, created sort of around slow news, and that's still very much, you know, explainers, analysis, in-depth, that's still very much what we do. So even though you might change your headline editorial strategy and your social media, you know, we have, as I say, a whole team working on social media, they'll be thinking very carefully about engagement. Um, but underneath all of that, I think the core values of what we do are still there in the kind of in-depth 
the explaining content, you know. And we've also got something called Reality Check, which takes a story and looks at it from both sides. You know, here's the statement, here's what one side said, here's what the other side said, here's what we think is real versus what's fake, and we'll, we'll try and help explain it to you. Mm. Yeah, because I know on the news channel, I mean, you, you offer both, don't you? I mean, there's, there's shorter pieces, particularly news, news bulletins, yeah. to get in more stories. Yeah. But on weekends, when those news bulletins tend to be a bit shorter, there's plenty of long-form sort of documentary or feature-length news coverage. Yeah, well, that's right. And there is, a, there is a sort of strategy in terms of the editorial for World News where the weekend tends to be that longer-form, lean-back experience. Uh, so you're getting the travel show, click, um, programs like that. But, you know, we know also that when people come to us on a weekday, Again, they're wanting to know what's happening right now, and so the schedule is obviously focused around news bulletins during the week. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Click and the Travel Show, two of my favourites, uh, I must say, Chris. Um, <laughs> there, there, what, what things have been a big hit that are sort of newish, if you like? I guess Click's been around a little while now, hasn't yeah. it, the Travel Show as yeah. well? But, um, um, well, we've had, um, you know, we, we focus a lot on business content. Uh-huh. So Business Live with Aaron Heselhurst uh, is a new show that we launched recently. Um, and obviously that sort of gives the in-depth um, coverage of, the, of, of business news. Another show that we did actually that's very popular is called 100 Days. And this was a show um, that initially came out when, we've, when we realized there's just so much content and news coverage coming out in the first 100 days of the Trump presidency. We wanted to create a show around those first 100 days just to, to give us time to be able to analyze just what on earth is going on. And actually, it was a sort of coincided with Brexit, and so it was double-headed between London and Washington. That show has been proven so popular, which we've extended it. It's now called Beyond 100 Days. Um, and we just keep going with it because, you know, that story hasn't died down. And so that's something we continue to keep looking at because it's so, you know, rich in content. And we know from our audiences they really enjoyed it. I'm guessing they're already strategizing for the Trump re-election campaign and we can expect maybe a countdown to that. Well, the midterms obviously are coming up in November, so that's going to be, we're going to be doing a lot of coverage around those and I think that's obviously going to be a big litmus test for how so far uh, the American population have perceived his presidency. So there'll be a lot of coverage from that and that sort of triggers off pretty much from that point on to um, the next round of elections. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've mentioned uh, fake news has come up a couple of times in the discussion. Do you think, um, has that helped strengthen the, the BBC offering, do you think? Where it's, you know, it stands out there as a pillar, you know, fighting against the, uh, yeah. the sort of marauders who are wrecking the sort of, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. news world. I absolutely do think that. And I think it goes back to one of our, you know, core values of trust and another one of our core values of impartiality. You know, I think we have seen the Edelman... Um, Trust Barometer, the Reuters Institute surveys are all starting to show a little bit of a dip in terms of audiences going to social media platforms for news. And I think they're moving back to what they would consider to be trusted sources. BBC is absolutely uh, one of those. Um, you know, those are values we've had for 80 years. But that's never changed. And I think that's really you know, helping us that uh, people, audiences look at us as a place where they really do believe what they see. Mm-hmm. Tell me, in terms of the news offering, what what other languages is it available in? Or It's not all English language, or is it? Yeah, no. So the area that I look after is the English language side. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously bbc.com is an English language web- website, and BBC World News is an English language global news channel. One market where we do translate it is Japan, okay. because of the language um, sort of issues there. But then there's the BBC World Service, um, and they provide local languages 
for uh, I'd have to check how many market uh, how many languages are in now because we, we we've been launching a number of new ones. And it's around thirty five. Uh, local language services. They're more localized, so there'll be sort of four people obviously in countries where they want to know what's going on in their own home market, whereas generally speaking, uh, what we do in my side of the news business is more the kind of global um, English language breaking sort of news stories. Yeah, is that world service separate to what you do? Is that it's separate to what I do. I mean, it all folds in un- ultimately under the kind of international news division, but uh, it's a separate part from the area that I look after yet. Yeah. And in terms of what you do, what, what's the measure of success? Is it sort of revenues? Is it size of audience? So about... as a commercial division, obviously, revenue is really important to us, and that's one of our key drivers. Uh, we really look at, at strategically at the three R's, so it's revenue, reach, and reputation. So, you know, reputation is absolutely critical for us. Um, getting that brand out as a marketeer, for me, it's critical to make sure that the brand is out in a positive light and that we're communicating the brand to audiences and to um, the industry, uh, you know, uh, equally. Um, reach is absolutely critical to us. Obviously, you know, I've mentioned about our global reach on TV uh, and, you know, record numbers of traffic on BBC.com. And then, you know, absolutely equally revenue. We are a commercial business. And like, you know, all of the others that we play in the same field will all be, you know, thinking about how to drive revenue. Yeah. Uh, what's on your to-do list for the rest of the year, Chris? So some big marketing opportunities. We're going to come out with another, <clears throat> excuse me, another trust campaign um, because that's just so front and centre of you know what audiences are looking for right now. So we're working on one of those. Uh, there's a lot of marketing coming up, obviously, about the um, wedding. You know, it's great yeah. to have a good news story like that that we can talk about. We've got a number of. Um, uh, journalists coming down actually next week for the Commonwealth Games, so we'll be covering that quite extensively over the next couple of weeks, um, and you know con- continuing to keep um, you know promoting the channel and promoting our new services. Voice, as I said, is an is a new area that we're trying to get into. Well, we are actively getting into. Um, so it's great to be able to come out to markets, um, you know, like Sydney, and be able to go and, and speak to the industry about these new initiatives that we're doing. Um, you know, we're d- one really cool one actually we're doing at the moment is a VR headset trial with the airline Iberia so actually we're kind of allowing um, consumers on Iberia to kind of experience a newsroom through the VR headset so things like that are really wow. exciting as well. Okay now look I'd be remiss if I didn't try and get some more details about the royal wedding off you now, you <laughs> mentioned three days of coverage yes um, a lot of people on the ground there um, specialists and all this sort of stuff is that that I guess that was very attractive to your commercial People looking for an opportunity? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, this is something that everyone around the world would fully expect the BBC is going to cover wall to wall, right? It's a huge opportunity. It's a global story as much as it's a UK story. Um, It's resonating all around the world. You know, people we know are already setting up parties, uh, watching parties for it, and they'll be watching it on on the BBC. Uh, As I said, you know, we'll do three days of coverage. We'll be flying in a lot of our core presenters to do that. Um, We'll be working closely with the UK BBC team as well for the actual coverage coverage of the ceremony but for us it's about you know again analysis a bit of fun but also serious stories around you know what how this is evolving the royal family and what that means an international coming in so it's a really good opportunity and we're really excited to be covering it yeah because you can imagine you know people in all sorts of markets going because there'll be opportunities of what they can watch it on but yeah you're going to be thinking well no we're going to watch it on the bbc it's like you know wimbledon and the best coverage right? exactly it's like wimbledon and strawberries and cream you know the bbc and royal wedding go hand in hand i think yeah now just just quickly i'll finish on this you mentioned iberia you're, you're doing a, a um 
a test with a them trial, yeah. Yeah, on a um, virtual newsroom. Yeah. And I've got to ask you, now, your background is British Airways before it is. you came to the BBC. That's right. So I'm a little bit disappointed you haven't got British Airways yeah. <laughs> involved in that trial, given yeah. your connections there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I should be speaking to them about it, absolutely, straight after <laughs> this, yeah. But um, just quickly on that, I mean, you, were, you worked on digital marketing there for the... For the now, that would seem yeah. like a dream job to a lot of people, uh, an executive role at an airline. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for 12 years, actually. Oh, 12 years. Yeah, oh, wow. so I had a really good run of it. And um, I think what was really exciting for me at the time was um, this was back when, you know, social media as a, as a way for brands to connect with audiences and consumers was brand new. Mm -hmm. So it was a really exciting time to take them through that, you know, the initial journey of actually explaining to them how to use Facebook, how to use Twitter. You know, we started to switch our comm strategy to a social strategy first rather than, you know, um, waiting for, you know, in particular uh, a media media outlet to come to us and so things like that were really quite uh, evolutionary at the time and I really enjoyed it but then um, you know I had the opportunity to come work for the BBC and if you're a Brit you'll know that uh, working with the BBC is you know it's a it's an amazing brand so I yeah. was privileged to work for both. I guess you've, it's a pretty good CV isn't it because when it comes to measuring British brands yeah. BA and the BBC must be both near the top. Absolutely, they? yeah. yeah. They, they are very well known around the world, so it's not hard for me when I go out into market to open a few doors, absolutely. <laughs> oh, great work. All right, Chris, look, um, enjoy the rest of your uh, visit to Australia. Thank you. And, uh, great catching up with you. Today. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much.